Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Alex Wolf here, and I am joined by two of my favorites today, Corey Talaba and Albert Gim of No Ceilings, one of my favorite places to get draft content. And of course, we're talking about the Knicks in this draft, or rather, not in this draft, but how they can get into this draft. So we'll be talking about that, talking about how chaotic this draft figures to be with the weird distribution of picks. And we will be also talking about some targets for the Knicks that they could go after in the first round in this first part of a two-part episode. Second part's coming out later today, next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. Right now. Starts with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Tucks left. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. He's tough. And he's Anthony for three. you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And uh, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day, whether you're checking us out on your favorite podcast platform or taking in the sights and sounds on YouTube. Appreciate you making us a part of your daily routine. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks site, The Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. And as I said, I'm joined by two great guests today, Corey Tulliva and Albert Gim. And we're going to talk the draft. Even though the Knicks aren't in it, I couldn't resist. So I got, I got these guys on. They're two of my favorites to talk to every year. Normally, probably would have talked to them a while ago, but got them on today. So uh, enjoy. And also, as I mentioned in the open, keep your ears out and your eyes out because we will have a second part dropping later today. So this is a two-part episode, two parts in one day, twice the fun. So keep your ears out for that. But... I'll get into it now with Corey and Albert. All right. As promised, I'm joined by my two fantastic guests today. I have Albert Gim and Corey Tulva, both of No Ceilings and the Draft Act podcast. If you haven't seen already, the No Ceilings Draft Guide is out now. Definitely a, a worthwhile investment if you want to learn more about this upcoming draft. And that's exactly why we find ourselves here today. Even though the Knicks don't have a pick, I can't resist. I want to talk about the draft a little bit. And uh, so normally we would have probably had these guys on a month ago, uh, but we're doing it last minute right up uh, up against the draft here. So Albert and Corey, how are you guys doing? How has this uh, draft cycle treated you? And, and do, do you feel ready for Thursday? Are you kind of at the finish line now? I got to say, this one's really snuck up on me. Uh, I feel like the last few draft cycles, uh, by the time we get to the draft, I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> This makes sense. And I feel like we're in like April right now. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I uh, did the graphics for the draft guide, which felt like they took forever. And now, now this year and Albert and I had a million writing assignments this week. <laughs> like we, I think we each wrote four things for the site. So um, <clears throat> it's I'm ready for it. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. Um, I'm likewise, Corey. I feel 
everything feels weird. I don't know what time is anymore. Um, but I did want to say I wanted to give a special shout out to Corey. Um, the work that he did on the draft guide was crazy. And, you know, for, for the people, you know, who aren't behind the scenes and don't see everything. And even for myself, like I didn't get to see everything that Corey did, but it was a ton of work. So I think that's why it kind of feels like it really crept up on us this time. Um, and as Corey mentioned, we're pounding out um, a lot of, pods and written work and all kinds of stuff so um no but we're we're very grateful we're really thankful we're excited to be on today ready to talk the draft always because that's why we do all this right we love the draft so excited to be on again yeah i'm very excited to have you guys and we may as well just hop right into it simple question do you think the knicks should try to get back into this draft they do not have any picks right now uh and that is Due to a little bit of uh, betting on a good player that helped them a lot in the playoffs with Josh Hart. They traded their own pick for Josh Hart and a little bit of bad luck and tanking by the Mavericks, uh, which robbed them of what is now the number 10 pick, uh, which could have, if it had fallen number 11, the Knicks would be picking in the lottery right now in a pretty stacked draft. And we would have had a lot more to talk about for the last month and change, but uh where do you guys stand on that? Uh, I guess I'll throw uh, Albert, knowing that you're the, the Knicks fan in the room here, I'll throw it to you first. Do you think the Knicks should trade back into this draft? Um, I, I kind of want to preface my answer, kind of going through everything that you mentioned by saying I thought we had a beautiful season um, oh, as a Knicks fan myself. Um, it was everything that we could have asked for and more because heading into the season, everyone projected that we were going to be in the play-in or maybe not even make the play-in and to end up in the second round um, after emphatically beating that Cleveland Cavaliers team that everyone thought, actually, to be honest, myself included, uh, thought was going to beat us. For us to go and beat them the way that we did and to make it into the second round i thought it was a beautiful season right um so off the heels of that then you start asking yourself okay what's the next step uh julius randall uh played through a really tough postseason with a busted ankle uh tried his best and now you know he's getting the whole procedure done so we know that he was really playing through some pain um it's an interesting roster obviously evan fournier's name gets thrown around a lot about him potentially being on his way out i, I feel like at the back end of the first round in this draft specifically, there's going to be some real value there. Um, there are a lot of names that are jumping up boards right now um, at, at the tail end of this cycle. And I feel like there are going to be some options there for the Knicks to target. Cause we also as Nick fans and you know, the Knicks team, we have a lot of assets. We have a lot of future picks. We have a lot of things that have to be conveyed eventually. And it, it might be a good opportunity to maybe leverage some of those assets into something at the back end of the first round this this year. And I think there could be a really good opportunity to grab a player that might be worthy of a lottery pick ending up in that range and us getting a good player to add on to this team. So me personally, I'd be happy uh, if the Knicks traded it back into the first round, but also with that same logic, there also might be some real value in the second round as well. So I'm kind of open to both. What do you think, Corey, about that? If, if you're the Knicks, are you trying to get in this draft? Uh, oh, for sure. I think that um, NBA teams are going to get blinded by potential guys at the back end of the first round. And like Albert said, there are going to be guys who fall. I think that there's like a group of five, like kind of upperclassmen type guys that are going to be available from like 25 to maybe 40 that 
are probably going to be top 20 guys in this draft. Like I, I think they very much so um, remind me of like how the Knicks valued Emmanuel quickly and Quentin Grimes as like productive college players um, who were undervalued in the draft because, you know, why take Quentin Grimes when you could take Kai Jones? Um, so, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I think that given the fact that they do have assets um, and given the fact that, you know, there are still needs and holes in the roster in which I think that they can actually use the draft to to mask some of those holes. Um, maybe not next year, but in the next couple of years and get valuable, cheap players, which given the way the CBA is going to be operating, I think is going to be really important. So I think there are a lot of guys worth coming into this draft, targeting with a plan in that range that could actually help the Knicks. Maybe not even in a couple of years yeah, as quick as next year, because I think you know some of these upperclassmen are ready to compete right away. All right, I'll be right back in with Corey and Albert. We'll get into the craziness that will probably be ensuing in this draft, thanks to some crazy pick distribution. Uh, and then in the segment after that, we'll be talking about some some prospects that the Knicks should be going after, potentially at the end of the first round. Corey and Albert both bring up some names. <laughs> Literally, one of the names that Corey brings up, I've spent tons of time watching highlights on since we talked and uh, I am pretty well convinced that I want to draft this guy now. So if you want to learn who that is, just wait a minute and, uh, <laughs> and you'll see, but I do have to remind you all that today's show is sponsored by better help. And you know, it's, it's really easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. But when we spend all our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind, which is very important. You got to always look out for yourself, no matter no matter how much you want to help everybody else. Uh, it's helpful learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy can empower you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those that have experienced major trauma. Everybody can use therapy. Everybody feels bogged down sometimes. Everybody needs an outlet uh, and someone to speak to, to, to work through your problems and live a healthier life. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash LockedOnMBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash locked on mba yeah i i feel very similar you know i think that i i think sort of like what you said there's there's a lot of potential in this draft which then opens the door for role potential role players you know to fall into that that range and you know this could be one of those drafts where we see a guy make like or even two guys make like an all rookie team out of the 20s in the second round or something because There'll be guys that maybe won't have the highest ceiling, but guys that can immediately slot right into an NBA team and contribute, which the Knicks, you know, the Knicks need, as you just pointed out. And we've talked about this on our, on our show a lot recently, you know, rookie contracts have an expiration date. The Knicks currently have a guy on the roster in Obi Toppin, for example, that, you know, Emmanuel quickly, I think has graduated past this point of being like, well, what is this guy's role? Uh, you know, do they, 
want to keep him long term? You know, do they want to pay him? I think the answer is probably yes at this point. Like Emmanuel quickly was a legitimate six man of the year candidate this year. They're probably going to pay him. They're probably going to keep him around. And you can justify that decision. But then you have a guy like Obi Toppin who it's like, well, this guy is backing up Julius Randle, only getting like 15 minutes a game. And so are you going to pay him and have him make big boy NBA money uh, to back up Julius Randle for 13 minutes per game? Or do you look to potentially trade him in this draft uh, and get, you know, a new rookie scale contract in there? Because we know that the new CBA is about to be really, really uh, punitive to teams that like to spend a lot of money too. So uh, that's definitely been a consideration, but let's just take a guy like Obi Toppin out of the conversation for a second. And we'll just assume that the Knicks go into this draft and say, we only want to move picks for picks, right? I I had this interesting thought where I was like, what would you be willing to pay in future draft capital to get into like the twenties of this draft? Uh, So for example, the Knicks have a number of picks that are, that are protected uh, that uh, could presumably convey in the teens uh, in different years coming up. And so on the surface, you might say, well, that's kind of foolish. Like, why would I trade a pick that could convey in the teens for a pick in the 20s this year? But do you guys feel like this draft is that, that stat? Because we've been hearing for months, years, perhaps, just how stacked this draft is going to be. Do you guys feel like it is that stacked that you would feel comfortable potentially? Like, let's say just for the Knicks purposes, giving up like Dallas's protected pick that didn't convey this year that's only top 10 protected next year and we all saw how things went for Dallas this past year so there's a good chance that that could end up like the 15th 16th pick or something would you feel comfortable giving that up and getting like the 24th pick back in this year's draft just because of how deep it is I'll throw that to you first Corey I I think it all comes down to who's available and I think that's like one of those decisions where you have to make it on the contingency that player x is available um and i guess it depends what year the future pick is for like next year the i don't know if the draft is going to be in a similar tier as this draft in particular i mean albert and i were in portland a couple of uh months ago for the nike hoop summit and we got a look at you know a handful of the prospects from next year's class and we left you know significantly underwhelmed um so it's very possible that pick 24 or pick 23 in this draft is just as if not more valuable than pick 15 in next year's draft so to me it's it it's do if you really believe in a prospect, in a player, in this draft, in that range, if somebody falls, I mean, there's a, a chance that a guy like Max Lewis or Bryce Sensabaugh or even Jet Howard could be available in that range. And if that's the case, I think, yeah, hey, those guys, there's a very real chance they're going to deliver more value than potentially, you know, whatever prospect may be available, you know, at 14 or 15 in next year's class. So again, I think it's contingency on targeting a player, really, really liking said player and, uh, you know, figuring out a way to make that happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm in a hundred percent agreement with, uh, Corey, something that I was thinking and along the lines of what Corey just said, the 15th pick in next year's draft could be worth like the 30th pick in next year's draft. Um, in, in this year's draft, sorry. Um, it, it is, is, it's really possible. 
Um, and some of the guys that we we've talked about on our pod and you know our website as a whole is there are some as Corey mentioned some upperclassmen there, but some guys with you know different injury risks or um, for whatever reason may be falling down boards. And then you know there are guys that are flying up boards right now, like a guy like Bilal Kulabali, uh, Ben Shepard. There are a lot of d- different names, Kobe Bufkin, that are really moving up boards, which means. You know, if you have guys moving up boards and there are guys that are moving down and uh, let's say the Knicks trade into early 20s, 22nd, 23rd pick, there might be a real, real value there. Um, We'd hate to see it, but even like a guy like Keontae George, who knows, right, with the way things are going and the way that people seem to be talking about him, it's not an absolute impossibility that he ends up like in the early 20s or late teens, right? Um, that would be an unbelievable asset. Like if if somebody grabbed Keontae George and like the the late first, that's an unbelievable um, draft pick there. But no, I'm with Corey. I, I think situation's really important. Um, I personally wouldn't like be really excited to trade the Dallas pick, but at the same time, once again, like the value might be there. And then obviously that Washington pick is a very different pick now um, after that trade this past weekend. And then uh, we also have that Detroit pick. The Knicks have like. Once again, the Knicks have a lot of assets. I think it depends on what teams are looking for and asking for. But um, I freaking love that Corey threw Jed Howard's name in there because personal favorite of mine. Um, does he is he a perfect fit for the Knicks? I'm not sure, but the Knicks do need sh- more shooting, in my opinion. And adding a guy like Jed would be unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I- I'm right there with you, Corey. So uh, we'll do one last one last little uh, business item before we get into the fun stuff of actually identifying some players here, but. Uh, one more thing that has sort of struck me about this draft and like, this is why I, I specifically made a point to talk to um, talk to our, our locked on Pacers host this past week, for example. Uh, but there's a lot of weird pick distribution in this draft. Thanks to how some of these trades have gone down in recent years. Uh, so we have just, for example, Indiana with five picks total. Utah has three first round picks. Brooklyn has three picks total. Orlando has three picks in the top 36. Charlotte has five in the top 41. Uh, and then in total, 11 teams, I looked this up, this is a crazy number, 11 teams have at least three picks in the draft. So over a third of the league has at least one more pick than what they should have. And then there are teams like the Knicks that have that have no picks in this particular draft. Uh, so to me, it looks like it's going to be a buyer's market. If you guys were going to like put on your prediction cap and say, which we're all wearing hats. So this works out. Maybe these are our prediction caps. Uh, if you're going to put on your prediction cap and try to pick out what the, what the landscape is going to look like during this draft, uh, as far as trades and, and just overall chaos scale of one to 10, how chaotic do you think this draft is going to be as far as trades? I guess I can go first. I, I think, um, I think it's important to note that uh, Woj came out and said, that he's going to be focusing on trades this draft and not <laughs> announcing players. And who knows, maybe that was a precursor to what is to come. And maybe he saw the writing on the wall and said, you know what, we're going to get a million trades this draft. Let me lock on on those Woj bombs rather than, you know, leaking picks early. And we'll, you know, maybe he's like, I'll let Shams do that. And uh, let me just drop the big bombs that are coming because it is very possible with what you've mentioned, right? A team like OKC, um, you know, you know, we're hearing different rumors and stuff, and there's stuff in the wind, which also I'd like to mention, don't know how much any of that is real, but always fun to hear and interesting to think about. But there are teams, as you mentioned, that have all these assets that might be looking to move up. You have a team like Orlando, multiple first-round picks. You got uh, Utah, Indiana. These 
these teams that have these assets that are looking to add you know, blue chip pieces to their rosters, um, we might see a lot of movement. And then also with, you know, the Bradley Beal trade this past weekend and, you know, bigger names on the market, potentially moving Dame Lillard, Zach Levine, who knows. Right. So I, I think draft night this year is going to be an absolute roller coaster. And we should, in my opinion, we should be expecting some fireworks. What do you yeah, think I think so too, but I will say, I don't think any, singular moment can be as chaotic as last year's like Knicks Detroit what was it Thunder <laughs> trade I, yeah. where every nobody knew what the actual pieces that were moving were um nothing will be more chaotic than than that but yeah I look at, at a certain point these teams that have a thousand picks just can't roster all of the players <laughs> so um I think that a lot of those teams are going to try to package those picks to move up in the draft. Um, and a, a lot of teams are going to, like you said, try to use future assets uh, or current assets to get into this draft. Because as we said, you know, f- even from the Knicks perspective on why it would be smart to move into this draft, I think other teams know that as well. Um, and so teams that maybe don't have a pick are going to look to get into the draft because there's opportunity in, you know, supply and demand. <laughs> it's it, it might not cost as much to land one of these picks as it typically does. So uh, I do think there's going to be a ton of uh, movement trades. And, you know, we have a, uh, a Woj bomb graphic for our draft night stream for for every time it gets announced. So I think I'm going to be hitting that uh, a lot as the uh, producer of the live draft show. Yeah, I, I think so as well. And I, I do agree. I think maybe there there will never be a trade as chaotic as that that Knicks and Thunder and Detroit trade last year. That was I remember when that when I first started seeing about that, I was like, oh crap, they got Ivy. And then I was like, wait, no, they didn't. And wait, where are they? What pick? What what happened? <laughs> also, also. It, took, it took literally a full day after that trade broke on draft night for us to know what actually happened. Like it was like the next morning. And we were like still, Gavin and I were still talking on the pod, like trying to like <laughs> review the draft. And we're like, we're still not totally sure what happened here. We still need to wait and see what the rest of these pick details are because it's, it's so <laughs> bizarre. Uh, in the end, I guess it worked out okay. I don't know. I still to this day say I would probably have rather them take a, a player, but you know, it's what it is. Jalen still- Williams. Yeah, Jalen Williams. Yeah. Jalen Williams. Uh, but you know, it's, that's the past now. And now we're in the present. All right, I'll be right back in with Corey and Albert to keep talking about the NBA draft and specifically some draft prospects that the Knicks maybe should be looking to go after. But first, I got to remind you all that baseball season is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to join today. And uh, I'm going to be honest. The, the ad copy says here, tell the audience about some teams or bets you like. You know, it's really sad. Uh, despite me wearing their hat right now, uh, bet against the Mets right now. <laughs> Just place some money against the Mets and you'll be great. They're terrible. They're so bad right now. It makes me sad. It kills me a little inside. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Uh, So (laughs) if the Knicks are able to get back into the 20s, 
which I think I think is their sweet spot. Their sweet spot for sure is pick twenty five. Uh, that's where they took Emmanuel quickly. It's where they took Quentin Grimes. They seem to love getting to that particular spot. So assuming that they got back into the twenties, uh, you guys already lightly mentioned a couple names, but uh, what's like a couple names each of you guys would be would be looking at? Uh, I can throw it to you first, Corey. Who's who's two names that two or three or however many you feel super passionate about that that you would be interested in with a little bit on on each of these guys? Uh, Colby Jones mm-hmm. is is a guy that I think. I'd be super interested in for the next Big East guy. Uh, you know, I, I saw him at the Garden in the Big East tournament. Uh, just have himself a game, made winning plays, diving on the floor. He rebounds, he passes. Uh, he shot it really well this year. He's six five, six six, strong as hell. Um, a lot of people compare him to guys like Josh Hart. You know, like a, a Derek White, uh, Bruce Brown. You know, all these these connective glue guy type pieces. Um, so he's and, and he's a guy that I think could actually come in and, and play right away. So in a lot of ways, I think that he's very Nixie in that upperclassman who is productive, maybe getting slept on because he might not have the highest ceiling, but ultimately is going to be a guy who we look back on and is like, how did this guy fall? to this part of the draft, which happens, you know, every year. And then uh, similar in a similar vein, uh, Jaime Jaquez Jr., who I actually think there's a chance won't be there, but also NBA teams are dumb. So there is a chance he might be there. So, um, but for very similar reasons, I mean, obviously winning player played in final fours, deep tournament runs. Um, he's one of the more impressive guys that I got to see this year. He, he played at the garden. Um, during the, I think the champions classic this year and, uh, just abused Kentucky and, uh, versatility defensive underrated athlete. He's, he could handle the ball. Um, just a guy who I think is going to be like somebody who doesn't make mistakes, does the right thing. And like, is going to impact winning for a really long time. So those are like the two top guys, I think fit like what the Knicks want to do. And also, um, seem like, Nick's kind of picks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say Albert, go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> first off, I absolutely love, you know, once again, as a Nick fan here, um, absolutely love that pick for uh, those two guys for us. Um, Jaime Hawkins is a guy I got to see up close and personal uh, a lot of times um, he, uh, out on the West Coast. Um, a guy who is built like an NBA player already. Great physique, um, really smart. Like I, I love, I love that Corey picked two really cerebral, smart guys. Um, Colby Jones, a guy that we've done multiple film sessions with, um, cares about all the right things. A guy who um, just he just cares about winning. He cares so much about defense. Tibbs will meet him and just be like, yeah, you can be my son. Um, I, I'll adopt you now type of guy is who Kobe Jones is. And I think Jaime Hawkins is of the same vein. Um, t- I have two different names uh, just to add some color here. Um, Chris Murray. Uh, my, my reason for that is, well, the Knicks love lefties, right? So let's add another one. Um, and Chris Murray's going to offer a lot of shooting, good NBA size. Obviously, his brother uh, was taken in the top five last year. Um, so a really intriguing name who put up some big numbers in college this season, 20-point-per-game scorer, about right under eight rebounds per game as well. Uh, a really effective guy who uh, proved that he could do more with the ball in his hands. His shooting, I mean, sorry, his uh, scoring averages went up like 11 points a season from the previous season. So he was able to really show out in college. And I think is a guy who 
is just uh, good at basketball. You know, it, it's not too complicated with him. He just knows what to do on the floor. And I think is is definitely going kind of under the radar because he's not like a big, loud type of player. He does a lot of small things, but 20 points per game is not something to scoff at, in my opinion. Um, not that he'd be asked to do any of that in the NBA. I think he'd be mostly doing a lot of spot up stuff, um, offering some size and length on defense and, you know, some rebounding. But um, I, I just like the fact that he had the season that he had, and I think he's going to be a really good shooter. Another name that's a little different, um, and this is guy, this is Corey's guy. Corey did a film session with him, uh, has been huge on his game from the very beginning. But uh, Marcus Sasser, and the reason why I throw Sasser in there is because the Knicks, we've been collecting a lot of these guards, and uh, they don't play much for us. Uh, Trevor Keels. Uh, what didn't see the floor much for us at all. Not that I don't believe in Trevor Keels, but you know, wasn't really there much. Um, Miles McBride definitely played more this past season, but I like Sasser more than both of those guys. Um, my reason for that is I think Sasser has the McBride type of aggression and mentality, but he's also a dead eye shooter, a guy who can really pass the ball as well. And I thought, you know, who knows, right? What the summer might hold, what types of trades might be coming down the line. And I, I think Sasser would be an incredible backup point guard. I know a lot of Nick fans believe quickly is the answer at backup point guard, but I think I genuinely believe Emmanuel quickly is a scoring guard off the bench, a combo um I, I don't think you necessarily have to throw him the ball and say hey make all of our decision decisions with the second unit i could see him playing next to a guy like sasser and quickly to his credit has developed a ton as a defender and if you have marcus sasser and emmanuel quickly kind of leading your second unit defensively and offensively i think it's a lot of fun um and kind of is is a level up um in terms of your second unit there so i i, I know that the sasser might pick might not be super popular with a lot of people but i, I think it's interesting because you never know how this roster is going to look in a couple of months and with different trades and stuff like that and i thought with his shooting with his mentality with his strength his passing ability i thought he'd be a really good option as well yeah i could see that i don't think the knicks should necessarily be limiting themselves if they get into this draft by like what position do we need or whatever you know i think that there's so much talent it seems like in this draft that it's worth just kind of maybe not necessarily throwing fit completely out the window because uh, you never want to do that, I don't think. But, you know, looking at guys and saying, hey, you know, talent wins. If if this guy is this talented and we believe that he is, then he'll find his way into some playing time because talented players always find playing time. I think that's just kind of like the number one rule of the NBA pretty much. Um, I do love the Chris Murray uh, choice as well. Uh, that's a guy that I've been looking at potentially as like – an Obi Toppin replacement. I think that that is something that they might realistically be looking at saying, okay, we can afford to bring in a rookie as that backup four because this guy is only going to get like 13 minutes a game anyway behind Julius Randle. Uh, so as long as you can get someone, especially if you get someone that has, you know, more of a college pedigree like that, that's, you know, played two, three years, whatever that, you know, can slot in there and just be able to soak up some minutes right away in the NBA. I think that's, I think that would be pretty solid for them. Uh, I think that he matches their profile well. Uh, you guys sort of mentioned this a little bit already, but I, I wanted to ask this question particularly because I, I think that they're the Knicks have a type. Um, they like players that they so they've only drafted one underclassman, uh, like or I, I should say not strictly underclassman, only one one and done player in the in the uh, Steve or in. The, in the uh, Leon Rose and uh, Scott Perry, but also Walt Perrin, 
you know, era. And now no more Scott Perry, but I don't think he had too much to do with the with the draft strategy. So I'm going to assume it was mostly Walt Perrin and Leon Rose making these calls. Worldwide West, maybe two. But so during the time of of these guys, they've drafted all players that had at least two years of college experience, except for, you mentioned him, Albert, uh, Trevor Keels last year, who, uh, you know, whatever. I think that was kind of just a stab. You know, they just said, hey, you know what, this guy – he showed some scoring potential at Duke. You know, we can stash him in the G League for like two years or whatever, and and then maybe see. Allegedly went through a growth spurt this offseason, uh, so that would be cool. Or during this season, like now he's a couple inches taller. That would be cool. I think he, he has a long way to go as far as getting in NBA shape and everything else too, but that's that's a whole another podcast, I guess. Um, but the Knicks, you know, they have their type. They like guys that have played in the NCAA for a couple years, guys that typically, if you look at their stat lines, have gotten – demonstrably better from year one to year two or year two to year three. Um, and they like guys that look like they could realistically plug and play right into an NBA lineup and, and play some sort of role right from the minute they step on an NBA floor. Uh, so you guys already mentioned a couple guys. I'll maybe expand this a little bit to say like, if the Knicks really wanted to trade further up in the draft, let's say into the top 15 or so, um, who are some guys that, that you guys think, are like the most Nixy players in the draft. And, and I'll, I'll throw that to you first, Albert. Ooh, okay. Top 15. Uh, this is actually a curveball. I wasn't ready for this at all, actually. Top 15. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll I'm just mind- say you can, you can go that yeah. high if you want to, but for otherwise sure. feel for free sure. to just stick in that 20s range. No, my brain, like I, for whatever reason, maybe this is shame on me. Like I just never imagined the Knicks trading into that range. But as we've been talking about this whole pod with all the assets that the Knicks have, it is possible there is a world where the Knicks trade into the top 15 or maybe even higher um I don't know but okay um a couple names that come to mind you said so we're thinking a couple years kind of Knicksy types of guys um god do the Knicks need another big I mean do we kind of need a lot of things right um never know with Mitch he he's had injury issues in the past okay I'll throw a name out there uh Trace Jackson Davis out of Indiana uh you talk about a monster uh, of an athlete who can like really pass the ball and volleyball block shots into a different stratosphere who plays really hard all the time who cares about basketball comes from uh coach woodson in indiana some nick ties there um could be an interesting option played a couple years in college um but yeah just as like a third big could be an intriguing option here uh if i had to give you another name oh okay i have one uh, we, we were talking about wings. We want to add some shooting. Julian Strother out of Gonzaga, a guy that I've seen uh, play in person a couple times, can really shoot the ball. Um, touch on his floater is one of the best in, in college basketball. A guy who has good NBA size. Will he play defense well enough to keep Tibbs happy? Not sure, but work in progress. Work in progress <laughs> defensively. <laughs> uh, Tibbs will, you know, throw him in the lab and say, "Hey, you need to start from square one to become, you know, the level of defender that I need." But um, I, I like his size. He's played in big games in college, hit some big shots in the past uh, in, in, in the tournament this season. Um, but you know, a, a guy who can offer the Knicks something a little bit different, you know, with his wing size and shooting ability and stuff like that. So those are two names that come to mind. Um, probably in the 20s, though, to be honest. Hey, that's fine. You know, I think in the yeah. 20s is 
is probably where we should be looking. <laughs> so I think that I think that makes the most sense. Corey, do you have any other guys that you think would be particularly Nixie? Well, I you know, I was at first when I was looking and you said top 15, I was kind of trying to rack my brain a little bit and figuring out which guys seemed Nixie and I came up with two to give a little perspective maybe the top 15 rather than like guys in the 20s. Um one What's the rumors always? Oh, the Knicks. What do they love? The Kentucky connection, right? Maybe Cason Wallace. Yeah. Yeah. Jalen Brunson. He's like five foot four. He rocks everyone's socks off, but he's very short. And you're always going to want somebody who could defend uh, the basketball next to him. Cason Wallace is definitely that dude. Uh, one of the best perimeter defenders, uh, you know, to, that you're going to find in any draft. Six, three, six, four, six, eight wingspan, strong like hands just crazy hands like a dog on defense like he will sun you um so and offensively like doesn't need to dominate the ball he could spy he could spot up but he could also run a pick and roll and do stuff and he's a good finisher at the rim uh Kaysen wallace is a guy and then a little bit of a curveball hat still a little bit younger but has a winning pedigree i'm talking about national champion jordan hawkins now he might not mm. seem super Nixie in that I don't think the Knicks have had a player like him but if you go back in Tibbs history I think you know Tibbs had Kyle Korver and I think that Jordan Hawkins can do a lot of the same things that Kyle Korver did on the basketball court flying around screens coming off pin downs floppy sets just you know as Brad Stevens once once said Kyle Korver is a guy who might average 13 points but you have to guard him like he averages 30 and I think that Jordan Hawkins um has a lot of those same intangibles, big East kid local uh, and uh, adds an element to the team that the Knicks need in floor spacing. And also not just a standstill floor spacer, maybe, you know, the best movement shooter that's come across the draft in a really long time. So a little bit unorthodox, but Tibbs has worked with a guy similar to him in the past. And uh, I think he'd be, Really interesting. And uh, look, I think there's a world where he goes as high as like 11, but I also think there's a world in which he starts slipping, um, you know, because I don't know, maybe teams think he's frail and they don't believe he can do stuff with the ball. And I don't know, but uh, I think he could be a guy that the Knicks, you know, might target as well. Well, light spoiler for something we're going to talk about later in the show when we go over, <laughs> we're going to grade my locked on NBA <laughs> mock draft, but that's a name you might hear again, uh, Jordan mm. Hawkins. So, you know, we'll just keep that in the back of our minds for a moment. All right, that's it for this first episode with Corey and Albert. But like I said, there's two parts. There's another one coming out later today. So be sure to keep your eyes out and your ears out for that because it is going to be targeting second round and undrafted free agents for the Knicks, probably the most realistic uh, outcome of the draft. So definitely uh, some interesting names that they're going to throw out some guys that I would have never even thought of, but I, that I think could make pretty good fits for the Knicks. Plus I will have them grade my locked on NBA mock draft. If you haven't already check out the uh, locked on NBA ultimate mock draft. It's a, it's a really fun uh, exercise that we all did where we did uh, our own draft with all the hosts acting as GM I made lots of moves. I got the Knicks back in the draft twice in the first round. Uh, and I'm going to spoil it. Uh, Corey and Albert say I got an A. So if you want to hear why I got an A, be sure to check into the second part of this episode later today. But until then, thank you all for listening to this part. And I'll talk to you all soon. Peace out.